this is Georgina Terry. Today I have the privilege of talking to Margaret Thompson, who runs a company called Margaret Thompson Cycling Coaching Services. Margaret's a USA Cycling Level 1 elite coach. Uh, she's also a winner of eight women's national championships and has won two silver medals at UCI Master Worlds Championships. You know, a lot of us kind of think, do I need a coach? Would I need a coach? What circumstances make me want to have a coach? And what's involved in getting a coach? If your cycling career has reached the point where you think maybe you need to do just a little bit more with it, you might want to think about getting a coach, and hopefully this conversation with Margaret will give you some good information. Hi, Margaret. Thank you so much for being part of my podcast today. I really appreciate it. Hi, Georgina. Great to be here. Hey, I'll tell you how I found out about you. One of my employees is... Uh, being coached by you. I think she's a, what, Cat 2, Cat 3 rider? She's a Cat 3 currently, yes. Yeah, Cat 3, and she told me about your services. And it made me start thinking, you know, how does a person get to the point where it's appropriate to have a coach? When, When do you cross that line from looking at DVDs and reading magazines and kind of putting things together yourself to saying, I need to get more official about this? Well, people uh, come to wanting a coach uh, from a couple of different points of view. Points of views. They can be a person who's racing that has looked at all the material out there, and there's there's some fabulous stuff out there, of course. And they apply everything all at once to themselves. They get burned out. They're very confused. And so they finally realize that they need someone who is detached from their own emotions in their particular training and someone who is is actually trained in coaching to work with them. Um, that, that's one segment of the population that I've dealt with. The other is uh, can be anyone who um, even is new to cycling who may all of a sudden have a goal something that's coming up that they signed up for, if it's, uh, whether it be a tour, um, one of the rides that uh, is a benefit, it's a, a long distance type of thing, and they don't have a lot of time, um, and they want to not make any mistakes. They don't want to waste their time. So those people also decide to be coached on an individual basis so that they can reach their goals and do it most effectively. Um, how how did you get into coaching? Well, I have been bicycle racing since 1984. Now, is and this on-road racing, off-road, a little bit of both? I, do, I started with road. That was really all that was available at the time. I also, uh, then I sprouted out to mountain bike racing. And I also race cyclocross. So uh, every year I uh, have the potential to do three nationals. And um, this year I was lucky enough to do all three. So uh, um, I'm quite a handful for the coach that uh, coaches me, but uh, <laughs> I'm never bored. <laughs> so consequently, um, because I because I wanted to improve myself, I was one of those people that would read everything, um, et cetera. 
um, actually getting me started into more seriously coaching people besides just giving that little hint here and there to folks who may or may not have wanted it was working with um, a benefit in the Utica area called the Ride for Missing Children. It is a benefit for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. We have that in the area every May. And I started volunteering my time to help the people who were brand new to the event and brand new to cycling as well. And once I started with that was when I truly decided to professional professionally become a coach. And, and how do you become a coach? Do you take a course somewhere? I mean, what makes you officially a coach other than a, a burning drive to be a coach? Well, if you want to be certified and licensed through USA Cycling, then you work um their different levels. You start out with them um, as a level three once you take uh, an exam. They, they send you a manual and you take an exam. Uh, level two comes after that. You then go to an actually an actual clinic uh seminar to learn uh, a lot of different things hands on from a lot of very amazing individuals you take the exam pass that and you become level 2 at that point you have to be a coach for 5 years before you can then come to the clinic uh apply to be at the clinic for level 1 and that is the highest um, and then you go to that clinic again, take amazing classes from amazing individuals uh, present through USA Cycling, and uh, then bring that exam home, work hard on it. Uh, it covers a lot of different things, and um, you know, uh, then you can become a level one. What else is very good about USA Cycling is the fact that you must have continuing education units um, continuing on through your throughout um, your tenure as a coach. You can't just simply renew your license every two years. You have to have a certain amount of units. So that means that the coaches are always trying to get more education because they have to, but also because it it really is essential with the way technology keeps changing and the ideas about physiology and training keep evolving that um it's it's a very good thing to uh, to have and that is one of the many things which attracted me to the program tell let's try and and describe maybe what uh what someone might encounter if they come to you and want you as a coach. I mean, suppose uh, maybe like my employee, I'm not sure exactly what her goals are. I assume she probably wants to move for, to, from Cat 3 to a Cat 2 rider at some point. So so if she comes to you and says, I need to be a better rider, a faster rider, all this kind of stuff, what kind of program are you likely to turn over to her? I mean, what are her days like? How many? How much work is she actually doing? Are you doing things like saying, okay, here's a workout and Let's also talk about what you're doing from a nutritional aspect, those kinds of things. What can you expect when you come to a coach? Well, in general, when anyone comes to me, I they are going to get structure in their training, 
their training, that said, is also going to be flexible. It's going to have to be moldable to their actual life. I mean, anybody can just write a book and come up with wonderful ways for people to to, uh, coach themselves. But what happens is you start week one and it's great and week two goes (laughs) fine and then you get sick or you have to go out of town on business. And therefore, week three, if you try to do that while you're sick or after you've been away, it's not going to work. And so anyone who is coached by me gets coached coached in a progressive way. Um, They start out at uh, a place that they're currently at. I move them toward their goals in, but I can only move them in the way that they themselves can move. Right. Every single athlete is different. Every training plan that I write for people um, is different in terms of, of the hours or when their intensity increases, things like that. Um, what well, I do... I'm sorry. I, I was going to say... You're, maybe you were going to say that next, but I'm interested in hearing a little bit about nutrition and how that fits into this. That's one of the things I really enjoy a lot. But keep going. <laughs> um, as far as nutrition, I'm very, uh, very um, adamant, uh, for lack of a better word in my head right now, that my athletes really pay attention to what they're doing uh, and as far as consuming calories while they are on the bike. Um, I want, and most most of the athletes want to be able to ride longer than what they're doing presently. And, of course, the racers need to get in a a good volume of training in order to uh, build their threshold power. But um, in order to do that, they just... um, most people need to look at what they're doing as far as uh, nutrition on the bike. There are products that I recommend, the ones that I use, et cetera, the ones that I'm sponsored by, incidentally, but I don't limit my athletes to those products. I, I say, okay, these are these are these products. You can try those, but there's lots of other ones out there. Find something that works. Um, and the winter time when you're on the trainer is absolutely the best time to experiment because if something doesn't work, you know you're in the house. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The worst thing that happens is you get off the trainer because you don't feel well. <laughs> but, um, uh, so, so this time of year when I'm working with people and, and their volume is increasing, um, I really make sure that they, they work very, very hard um, on what they're doing while they're on the bike. Now, when they're off the bike, uh, I also encourage people to stay away from processed foods. Uh, Processed foods, uh, anything that comes in a box is not so great, Um, especially since all the things that you have while you're on the bike, racing, riding, et cetera, is something that is processed. Right. Just because, I mean, that's just really the stuff that works better. I mean, I remember training and racing back in the days of bananas, big bars, and granola bars, and they kind of lacked things, uh, let's put it that way, uh-huh, just uh-huh. in my day back then. 
So um, as far as nutrition, again, everyone's individual. I, I talk to them about their experiences with food and how they respond to different types of diets. Some people need more fat in their diet and don't really do well on a low-fat diet. Other people's metabolisms are slower. They really do a lot better on a diet that doesn't have as much fat or protein. So, again, it's very individualized. depends on the, the athlete, um, what their days are like, um, and where they're at with their weight, and, and how, they're re- how they're feeling, how they're training, how they're recovering. Recovery really is kind of key to uh, a lot of things that are going on with their body, with their nutrition, and with their life. Yeah, I've often heard it said that recovery is the hardest training you'll ever do. (laughs) Exactly. I tell my people that they need to recover as hard as they're training. Um, here's, Here's kind of an interesting question. Well, maybe it is or maybe it isn't. I assume that you coach both men and women, correct? I do. Do, do you notice any difference in the way women approach training as opposed to men, or or no? Not really. Um, I really don't, probably because I haven't really tried to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, I really don't compare any of my athletes to each other. So I can't really... Um, think about it in that respect. I, when I work with one athlete, I really don't even think about any of the others. Um, and then uh, when it's time to work with the next one, well, okay, that I kind of switch off between uh, between people. So I, I really I can't say because people are all over the board. To me, it's it's more about their what their goals are, and also basically their experience and how long they've actually ridden for. How many people are you coaching at any one time? I've had as many as 15. Right now I've less than that. It it depends on the time of year. This is the time of year actually when people are working uh, or should be working uh, at uh, their goals and training the hardest, the saying goes that your season is made in the winter. But oftentimes that's not when uh, people realize that they should uh, be under the tutelage of a coach. I think, too, just in winter, sometimes psychologically, it's it's hard to think about training because that means just sitting on a trainer. And, you know, to some people that can seem like a boring thing, but actually I guess if you're doing a really structured program, it's probably anything but boring. It's, it's um, It is then up to me to make those uh, trainer workouts um, something less than uh, a sentence to the basement. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, that's just one of the things that I do. I spend countless hours on my compu trainer, which is definitely millions of steps above a regular trainer because I can just dial up a course and ride it. And uh, mm. I'm still, it's still virtual reality and I'm still not moving, but uh, it's, it's, absolutely like riding your bike. Um, Give me an idea. I mean, if someone wants to have a coach like you, how much do they pay for that? What what do you charge for your services? Well, currently uh, anyone that I start out new uh, would be working with a power meter. And um, that particular service per month is 
or four uh, cyclists is two hundred and twenty-five dollars a month. For triathlete is two hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. Why is it different Both for triathlete? I, I beg your pardon. Uh, I was going to say some coaches might be more, some might be less. Why that is, is my price? Why is it higher for a triathlete? I'm working with three different. Um, oh. Work with them. They take longer. Yeah. They, okay. they really are. They really should cost you know three times as much. But yeah. <laughs> God bless them. They are amazing. <laughs> and I'm very very proud of my triathletes. So I imagine that that when one of your athletes achieves his or her goal, that must be really fulfilling for you. It's amazing. Um, I just I it's it's really striking when they they embrace it fully and they just let themselves work to their potential and 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 they make it happen for themselves and they're like, "Oh, thank you, thank you." And I'm like, "You're the one who did the work." You know? <laughs> uh, uh I might have said, "No, oh, you really should do this." Or conversely said, "I really don't think you should do that." And they listen to me and move forward and uh and got where they wanted to go and uh, or beyond where they thought they could go. And it's a very incredible feeling as a coach. Um it's it's very much like being an athlete where you go up and down and up and down, but it's 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 wonderful to have all these different people um that you can uh I don't know, get this from. It's uh it's something that I really wasn't prepared for when I started as a coach to really even think about it in that respect. That's really neat. Um, I'm curious to know, you've been coaching for about seven years or so with USA Cycling. In, in that time, have you noticed any any change in the ages of your customers or are older people becoming more interested in becoming competitive more than they used to be? Is there any trend there or no? Again, um, it's all individual. They're, now, from my racing perspective, Yes, uh, they're always it. The the masters fields are bigger and bigger. Um, especially my age group is not getting smaller; it's getting bigger. And not sure where all these women are coming from, but uh, they're certainly not getting older and sitting in rocking chairs. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they are um, it, it's amazing out there. Uh, in fact, at uh, Master Road Nationals this year, my age group was the largest age group. Wow. And it was not the youngest age group, I can tell you that much. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's part of the baby boomer thing, I, I, I believe. But but actually, as I said, the group has gotten bigger, also similarly in the men's group. So uh, um, as far as people hiring coaches, again, it's it's individual and it depends on uh, there's so many variables there, mm-hmm. um, economics being one as well. So uh, uh, the economy is a little on the tight side right now. And uh, do do you feel that tightness in your business at all or no? I I can't say that I that I have, which is kind of a surprise to me. But um, it's possible that I would have a couple more people now. I know I would, but uh, 
but uh, the economy has uh, taken them away. Uh, so I guess, yes, I do. I, I guess I would have to say that. Well, hopefully the economy will give them back sooner rather than later. We're all hoping for yeah, that. Um, I mean, people still want to ride and race or tour or, you know, become more fit. There are more and more people that are um, that are coming into cycling, I think, because yes. of the, uh, the green aspect, uh, the transportation aspect. And when things start to turn around a little bit more, um, be somewhat more cycling friendly. If that happens in certain areas, then, then it will become even more popular. Yeah, I think it's a great sport, and hopefully it has a long and healthy life ahead of it because it's it's sure an enjoyable activity and one that so many people can do on so many levels. You can't say Absolutely. that about a lot of sports. It's It's great in that sense. Well, Margaret, it's been great talking to you. I've learned a lot, and I hope that everyone who's listened to this has too. Um, and, and again, uh, best of luck to you with your coaching services, and I'm sure I'll hear all about what's going on through my employee here, and, and we'll see her progress rapidly, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, too. It's been wonderful to talk to you. You're welcome. 